Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to mini episode 49 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? To kick things off this week, we've got two gorgeous birthdays. We would like to say a massive happy birthday to Haley from Austin, Texas. Happy birthday, Haley from Austin, Texas. And also to Tremaine Darnell. Happy birthday, Tremaine Darnell. Hope you guys have amazing birthdays and that you're having a wonderful time, whatever you're doing and wherever you are in the world. Absolutely. I don't think I should repeat them though in future. <laughs> Why? It seems a little bit stupid. You say it and I say exactly the same thing. Well, at least they know it's definitely them. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So I've got some stories for you today. Uh And story number one comes from Katrina. I've had experiences throughout my life with paranormal activity, or whatever you would like to call it. I try to always find a way to debunk it, but some instances are harder to debunk than others. There is a saying somewhere that people are haunted, not places. And I'm not too sure how true that is, but I feel like I've always been aware of something not of our world at times. As a kid, I spent a lot of time with a friend in her grandma's house. We had several experiences with seeing weird things, items moving, or water turning on when we were the only ones at home. Everyone in that house had stories about different experiences. Even my friend's mother had stories of toy trains turning on when no one was upstairs, or windows opening in the dead of winter. So I know there are always possibilities. We recently moved into a new house, and I felt as though I was being watched at times. We first noticed one door would not stay shut. I heard different thumps that were unexplained or items falling that couldn't have without help. Even the smell of perfume that wasn't mine. And our cats sometimes will watch something we can't see. One night I woke up at around 4am to a flashing light on a shelf. I said, what is that? And my husband got up and walked to the shelf, and it was a little bow tie for St. Patrick's Day that has flashing lights when you push a button. At that point, I said out loud that I don't mind if there's someone here, but I needed to stop scaring me and the cats, and to not wake me up. I still heard taps and knocks and smelled the perfume once in a while, but otherwise it has calmed down, and the cats will still sometimes watch something we can't see. My husband's mother died in the summer of 2018 after a battle with cancer. She was a wonderful woman. We went to spend Christmas with his family in France the same year. His dad had experienced the shutters that are electric and require a remote to open, opening one night at around 3am. He said her name and they stopped. The house is warmed by a wood-burning stove so it can be chilly in the bedrooms at night when the fire dies down. I woke up one night feeling hot so I pulled one leg from under the blankets to try and cool off. I was still awake, but noticed that the room smelled different. 
I wrote it off as a smell from the blanket or the pillow. And then I felt it. It was a soft touch on the calf of my leg outside the blanket. Very much something a mother would do to make sure a child was warm enough. And soon after the smell disappeared. I later told my husband that his mom was for sure still in that house. In college I lived in a small town in Alva, Oklahoma. A friend and I decided one Saturday to go to the local museum. An older woman was leaving as we walked up and she said she had planned to leave because no one had been by but was happy to go back in and let us look around. She sat at the front desk in front of a small TV crocheting. We looked around the ground floor and then told her we needed to go to the second floor. She assured us that we had the place to ourselves and we could take our time. The building is so old it had ramps up to the second floor rather than stairs. I also knew that the building used to be a hospital. I hadn't shared this with my friend. Halfway up I noticed it smelled very distinctly of a hospital. I asked my friend and she agreed that it did smell like fresh disinfectant. We continued up and entered the surgery room. It had a lot of interesting things and as my friend decided to take some photos I stood against the wall. There was a display case to my right and the open doorway over my left shoulder. I remember hearing what sounded like someone exhale over my left shoulder. I didn't want to overreact, so I looked around and saw a vent and decided that it probably came from there. I looked back to see my friend watching. She asked if something was wrong and I assured her that everything was fine. And then there was a moan. We both looked at one another and she asked if I had heard it. I said I did and asked if she also heard something and she had. We left that room and that side of the building. I told her that the museum was an old hospital. Months later we took her mom to this museum. We didn't tell her mom it was a hospital and we both noticed there was no smell halfway up the ramp to the second floor this time. However the second her mom stepped into the surgery room she suddenly stopped and said Oh, people have died in here. I do my best to remain sceptical, but I also feel sometimes there are things beyond my explanation and feelings that I can't shake, so I've learned to trust my intuition, even when it leaves me with my hair standing on end. I'd say you've got some intuition there that's probably worth trusting. <laughs> I think as well that Katrina has ruined sleeping with my leg out of the blanket for me again. I had just gotten over paranormal activity. I will never get over that. Every time I feel like my leg is out of the blanket, it goes back under, whether I'm really hot or not. I'd rather roll the blanket all the way down to my knees so the rest of my body was exposed and have my feet out. Would you really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What it is freaks it? me out. But what is it about having your feet out? And it's a universal thing though, isn't it? Yeah. Like where people go, oh, I feel unsafe. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't know. It's just odd. I've also got a bit of a conspiracy theory based off of Katrina's story for you. Oh, exciting. So this isn't an actual conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy theory of mine. Do you think that all cats are in on the let's scare our owners and make them think it's a paranormal thing? You own a cat, or rather she owns you. Mm. Do you think that she is in on it? Yes. Yes, me too. I think she'd love it. <laughs> I think sometimes they do see things that we don't see, but I think nine times out of ten they're just winding us up. Most definitely. Just trying it's, to get our attention. It's just pure pure evil behaviour <laughs> from the cat population. And our second story today comes from Hannah. 
Let me start off by saying that everyone in my family has a ghost story to tell, and it is a rarity to find a sceptic among us. So when I started seeing ghosts in my Utah home, at a very young age, I expected my mother to believe me, but she didn't. Now I've had so many encounters with the spirits in her home that I could really write a novel on them, but I'll try to chop it up to the ones that truly terrified me. The first ghost I ever saw was a little boy, probably about my age or younger at the time. I was nine or so, and sharing a room with my younger sister as we are so close in age were practically twins. Anyway, we were the kinds of kids that never slept in the dark, so even at the age of nine and eight, we had a lamp on all night as a nightlight. And not like a little weak lamp in the corner, like a large desk lamp that lit up the whole room. I don't remember what time it was, but it was late, as everyone in the house was asleep. And I was woken up by someone putting their hand on my shoulder and shaking me. I was facing the wall and turned over to see a boy standing by my bed. In my sleepy days, I simply said, What? And he looked at me quite seriously and said, It's time for you to get out. Thinking he meant the bed, I slowly sat up and was somewhat upset about having to give my bed up to him. I didn't recognise the boy, and even now I can't quite describe him to you. All I remember is that when I fully sat up, the boy was gone and the room was empty besides my sleeping sister on her bed. Now I was sure that I had not imagined the boy, and went to my mom's room quickly across the hall, and woke her up and said, Mom, there's a boy in my room. Now back then she chalked it up to some lucid dream or something, but checked my room for the boy anyway, and finding everything as it was, she put us back to bed. I thought she was right, and perhaps for this instance she was, and I went back to bed too. But what doesn't make sense is everything that happened after. For the next 12 years that I lived in that house, I was constantly seeing things that I couldn't quite explain. It was little things at night, like a man in my room commenting on how much better it looked when I cleaned it, or the same boy who walked through my closet door one night. Then it got worse. At one point, my sister and I were moved down into a large room in the basement that was originally supposed to be a theatre room. Just outside the door to our room was the door to the storage room, which I absolutely hated for some reason. I always thought something lived in there, and he didn't like me at all. I never slept in our new room and was too scared at night to leave the room to go to my mom's room because I didn't want to see whatever waited for me in the storage room. I said this to my mom and she moved me back upstairs almost immediately. I was back in my old room, and my sister was now in the room next to me and the large basement room was given to my older sister and her fiancé. During this time I slept with less light, just a bunch of Christmas lights hanging from my ceiling. It was now that I started to see the shadow man outside my door. I was twelve or so when I first saw him. I woke up in the middle of the night with my back facing the door, and just had that tingly feeling that someone was watching me. I was pretty worried, but not enough that I didn't turn around. As of then, I hadn't seen anything that truly scared me, so I turned to look and I just about shat my pants. The shadow man stood by the corner of the hallway. I can see most of him, but part of his shoulder was hiding behind the corner of the hallway and I knew that if my mom looked out of her room, she would see him too. It's so hard to describe how he looked, almost like a real person in one of those bodysuits with the edges of him undulating like a lava lamp or swirling like smoke. I was petrified and thought this must be whatever was downstairs in the basement. I didn't dare move and was too scared to yell in case he moved towards me, so I stared at him, 
barely breathing until I couldn't anymore. I don't know how long I actually stared at him, but he never moved towards my door, he just lingered in the hallway. At one point in the night, he did leave, though I don't know where. He kind of just melted off into the darkness, and I mustered up the courage to run into my mom's room, though I turned on the hall light to make sure he was really gone before I did. It took me a really long time, a few months at least, to figure out what he was really. This might sound crazy, but after a while of having him stand outside my door at least once a week, I came to the conclusion that he wasn't there to hurt me. He never gave off the malicious vibes, and was just a constant at night. He never entered my room or even approached my door, and I slowly started to just accept him, and when I would see him I would kindly ask him to go and he would comply. For some reason... There were no real features, but he felt very paternal, like a grandfather, and I had just come to live with it. My mom never saw him, and even after months of me telling her about him, she was still sure that I was just dreaming him up. Three years ago, I was 20, and I moved out of my mother's house with my little sister, and moved into a fourplex a few minutes away from my mum's house. The ghosts in my mom's house were one of the reasons that I moved out. We moved into this three-bedroom apartment with our dog and two cats. I was overjoyed because I got a room just for my books, and we were finally real adults on our own. At this point, I'd figured out that I was probably a little bit more sensitive to spirits than most, to the point that I can regularly see them. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's the only way to explain the things that I've seen. I knew the things that went through our apartment and was constantly asking them to leave if they were doing things I didn't appreciate. For example, the old man attached to a chair in my library was welcome to stay. My cat adored him and was constantly in his chair. The woman who walked up and down my hallway panting like she couldn't breathe was gone not too long after arriving. But there was this thing. I can't describe it other than it was very tall and white and loved to peek around corners at us. My sister had seen it, and guests that had come over had seen it. I only asked it to leave when it wore my sister's face. Unsurprisingly, this happened at night while I was asleep. But always your guard is down from things when you're sleeping. I was woken up when my blankets were thrown off my legs and I sat straight up in bed. My sister was stood at the bottom of the bed and had thrown the blankets off me. Her eyes were wide and she looked scared for some reason. I thought that maybe she had seen a spider or something on me and was trying to get it off. I yelled at her, asking her what it was, but she didn't answer. She just waved her hands in the air and turned and ran out of my room back to hers. I jumped out of my bed and followed her, wanting to know what she had seen and why she had been such a dick to leave me to deal with it by myself. As I walked into her room... I was shocked to find her in bed, wrapped up in blankets, with our cat lying square on her back. Something that wouldn't have happened in the span of a few seconds. I didn't tell her about what I saw to this day, three years later, and I don't even know if she knows. We stayed in that apartment for two years, and had our fair share of visitors from the other side, but we were sure to send them on their way. And in case you're worried that I dreamt the whole thing, I can assure you I didn't, because my dog saw it too. Mm, what was the tall white thing? I'm not feeling that at all. That sounds so creepy. Very alarming. Wearing her sister's face as well. Doubly alarming. Yeah, not, not good. <laughs> not down for that. Although I do I do understand the illogical nature of sleep. 
So, you know, when you wake up suddenly and mm. somebody's at the end of your bed and you're still half asleep. So you end up like saying or thinking really silly things. Yeah. Like, oh, she's clearly getting a spider off me. Why is she in your room <laughs> in the first place? But your brain does that. I'm trying to rationalize this, but I'm not really fully on board. So I don't really understand what's happening. Maybe her sister has some kind of weird version of spider sense where instead of turning into Spider-Man, she uh, just senses when spiders are on her sister and has to go and get rid of them. And on a scale of useless superpowers, <laughs> that's pretty high up on the list. <laughs> I'm also very intrigued as to where the little boy wanted her to go. Or whether he did just want the bed. He was yeah, like, maybe oh, he I, I, do bed. you know what? I'm sick of this. I want to have a nice lie down. <laughs> All this haunting has really tired me out. Also, on the scale of scary things to experience, obviously child ghosts are quite high up there anyway and started with a little boy ghost. So that's not good. Then we move into the territory of the tall white thing. But then she just casually mentions that there's a, a woman that pants. Oh, I'm that not, was... That's that, a horrifying thing. That's that was probably the, the scariest. horrific part of that story, I think. <laughs> it honestly, when I read it, it made my arms and legs go all prickly. Like, I don't... Oh my, if you're lying in bed and you hear a... <sighs> yeah, that's like the worst thing. Like, it's not the worst thing because the tall white person, the tall white thing and the... No, for me, the Child, panting lady the panting is the worst is, thing. Is, is, it was, now, I'm not saying she's flippant because she's obviously very, you know, in touch with the other side and obviously experiences lots of different things. But that one would be definitely not just be putting that in casually. As an aside. As an aside. Or walking up and down panting. No, I'm not feeling that. It's like something mm. from a possession film. Do you know what it's like? Remember that film we watched with the older lady who was sundowning? Yeah. Where she was running up and down the corridor at night time doing like weird stuff and making weird noises. That's what I saw in my head. But also panting's a bit midsummer-esque as well, isn't it? With the... Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah, they have a whole panting and breathing whole thing that I never really understood. It's just a soundscape scary, isn't it? Oh, is it? I think so. Probably. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And our third story today comes from Shayna. I grew up in an old brick house in upstate New York. It was built in the early 1900s. My dad is Catholic and my mom's Christian, so I suppose there was talk of spiritual things, though my mom was adamant that ghosts weren't real. I was always curious about paranormal things from a very young age and often pestered my parents for scary stories. 
It was common for my two little brothers especially to see shadow figures walking through the dining room to the living room, for me to feel icky in certain places of the house, mostly the third floor which I swear felt like a totally different house altogether, and to hear odd creaks and bumps, typical creepy old house things. I have an odd memory of a woman who looked like my mother, tall, thin, with long dark hair, but that definitely wasn't my mother, standing in the corner of my room. I don't know if it was a dream or a figment of my childhood imagination, I don't know what it was, but this memory has stuck with me and frankly I don't like it. Things got extra strange one night while we were having a sleepover with my childhood best friend. We were about twelve. I woke with a start. You know when you wake up sharply aware, with no sense of grogginess, like you haven't been sleeping at all, in the middle of the night? All the lights in the room were on, and my closet door, which had been shut, was open just a crack. I hate this memory, so here it goes. I heard a woman's voice saying my name. It was warm and coaxing, almost sing-songy. Naturally, I thought Jane was pranking me, so I kicked her to tell her to knock it off but she didn't move because she was dead asleep. I kicked her again, harder this time. I was saying her name too, but she wouldn't wake up. I turned towards the closet and hear the voice calling my name again. Shana. I hear it maybe three or four more times, this warm, maternal-sounding voice that I unfortunately can hear in my head to this day. It definitely sounds like it was coming from the closet, and as I stared, my vision narrowed, and I feel almost like I was being pulled in closer. I snapped out of it, slammed my head into the pillow, buried myself in the blankets, and fell back asleep. Nothing like that has happened since, and I hope it stays that way. I was definitely an imaginative kid, and I've absolutely considered the possibility of this being a lucid dream, but I experienced it as a very real and very shocking moment that I would spend my teenage years trying to forget. You gotta stop with these voices. You're freaking me out. Freak myself out sometimes <laughs> when I'm doing those voices. See, I'm really concerned about this story because it. I don't know whether it's like some kind of mimicry, and mimicry scares me. Like the idea that something might mimic you to lull you into a false sense of security. Like what or are they? Mimic plans? your mum. Yeah, what you are know the plans? that, and that is that is very scary because as a, as a child. In most circumstances, your mom is that person of warmth, of comfort, of joy. And if she called you in the night, you would go to her. If she's calling you in the night from your closet, don't go to her. There's the rules. <laughs> I'm ho- Unless your mum f- frequently goes into your closet and stays there, in which case you might be okay. But yeah, I'd, this is it's very unnerving story, I feel, because of that whole like what's the purpose and what where is where is Shana being lured to it's sorry Mm. to interrupt you but it's it's not the first time we've had a story where somebody has heard something from their closet that has felt like it was drawing them in Mm. fuck that maybe Narnia is short of a few people and it's actually some kind of recruitment exercise very badly thought out recruitment exercise (laughs) i keep saying this you know if there's if there's a pr person in the afterlife they're not doing their job very well well i feel like if if narnia is short of people like the easiest way to get people to go would be hey you can travel and move around freely in narnia oh right now (laughs) i'd probably even go um yeah i i don't like this it's given me the hijabas because i just i just can imagine the voice calling out and and the woman 
looking like her mother as well is very odd. Like, what is going on there? Mm. And story number four comes from Myra. You mentioned something about dreaming you were in the same room you fell asleep in and said you would love to hear from people if they had experiences like that. It happened to me about a year ago. I lived in a tiny home and slept in a loft above the main living room. I fell asleep upstairs and in my dream I woke up just below the loft. I had dozed off in the corner of the room next to my guitar. I remember feeling confused because I fully remembered falling asleep in the loft. I looked up and there was a tall shadow person standing in the doorway and they seemed sad. It reminded me of my friend, but I was never sure who it actually was. It didn't do anything, but I was still afraid because there was a huge shadow person right by the front door. I told it that it was not welcome there and it had to leave. And I'm pretty sure I woke up then and promptly went back to sleep. I've always had pretty vivid dreams and I can actually still remember dreams I had when I was four. As a child, I had night terrors every night. My parents thought I was dying every time I screamed. We lived in a house that was over 100 years old and I always said I saw a man in a suit and a top coat roaming the halls. I could have choked it up to my wild imagination and I still sometimes do. However, my sister and her friends have told me that they all saw the same guy. He would walk down the hallway towards a brightly lit window. Some of her friends didn't tell me about him until a decade later and I was surprised that our stories lined up as I figured I had made him up. My mom also said that while she didn't believe in ghosts, there was one part of that house where she would always smell lavender. None of us had lavender perfume and so she thought it was so strange. My other sister, who was much older, said she always felt like people were watching her as she slept. The weirdest things didn't even happen in that house, but in the one we moved into when I was about 10. All of the occurrences happened within one year of living there, and I'm not sure if it was my own energy shifting, perhaps as I entered puberty, but I had some pretty vivid experiences that I cannot discount. I know they were real, and I was entirely lucid for all of them. The first was on Easter morning. I'd woken up at around 3am to set up a treasure hunt for my mother that would lead her from one part of the house to another until she reached her prize, which was probably a piece of candy or something of that nature. On my way back to my room, I was greeted by my cat. At first, I was happy to see her, and then I realised it was strange because she slept with my sister who always closed her bedroom door. I looked up, and indeed, her door was closed. I looked back down, and a grin stretched across my cat's face, like the Cheshire cat, and she turned and ran down to the end of the hallway, disappearing into the closed closet door. I swear this happened, as I was of sound mind and consciousness, but I think I saw my cat astral projecting. The next occurrence happened probably within a few months of this. I was sleeping in my mother's bed, and as I woke up from a totally normal dream where I was just sitting across the table from my sister talking, I saw a figure at the end of my bed. It was very vivid. It was a young man, maybe in his early 20s. He wore a baseball cap or a snapback, dressed in very modern clothes. I sat there, unable to move or speak for about a minute, just staring at him as he stared back, before shaking my mom to wake up. As soon as she began to come to, he was pulled into the closet and disappeared. In hindsight, I think it could have been a friend of mine that dresses similarly, but it would mean that he astral travelled to me, but wound up in a different time, as he would be dressing like that now, ten years later. 
I didn't know him at this time, so I didn't recognise the man. But now it makes sense to me. Other strange things happened during the night in that house. I struggled to fall asleep, and in these bouts of insomnia I would stare out the window and watch the stars. I would pretty much meditate on one star until everything else disappeared. And I used to swear I could see little sparks flying between stars like space battles. One night I saw lights outside. I sat up to look out the window and watched a small craft fly through the yard. It was the height of the fruit trees and moving slowly. It was only about 12 feet in diameter. It could have been a drone, but I didn't know they existed back then, around 2010. And I doubted myself even because it felt impossible, but I know what I saw. I feel again that I may have entered another dimension through the star meditation. I feel this only because a few weeks ago I dreamt I was in bed staring at the stars, and within 30 seconds it was like a veil was dropped and the sky held thousands of spaceships. I am very new age spiritual, so I feel that this was showing me how many higher dimensional beings are present at this time to help humans overcome the old paradigm. There were three more strange occurrences in the aforementioned home. Once my mother said I was speaking another language in my sleep that she couldn't recognise. She said it could have been Chinese. Since I've already told you I'm new age spiritual, I feel like I may have been channeling light language, as angelic spirits come into me in my dreams. Another weird occurrence happened when I fell asleep on the couch. I don't remember this, but my mother said she heard screaming and when she came out I had knocked over the lamp and thrown the blankets and the pillows everywhere. All I remember is running to the end of the hallway to give my mother a big hug and then jumping into her bed. I was terrified. I don't remember what I was dreaming. I'd only sleepwalked one other time years before and hadn't had a night terror in almost a decade. Within a few months of that, she also said I stood in her doorway and watched her sleep one night, that she could hear the ice in my water glass clinking. I remember perfectly, though, walking to the kitchen to fill my water and returning promptly to my room without stopping. My final story for you happened at the house we moved to for my senior year of high school. I couldn't sleep and was out on the deck smoking a cigarette. Suddenly I saw these green lights flashing in a tree about half a block away. I was stunned and could do nothing but stare at them. They stopped flashing and a moment later were in a tree just across the street from me and then they disappeared for good. I have not seen them since but a friend of mine had told me months before this happened that he had seen something similar a few different times, and always in the trees. I think they were nature spirits, like fairies. I read that they come to you when you're in need of healing, and that would make sense for me as I was in a really unhealthy place at the time. That's all I have for you. I haven't seen much lately, but for little sparks of light that I believe are angelic spirits, and the occasional dark sparks that are lower vibrational energies. There's so much going on in Myra's story, like, very much clearly in touch with things in touch with the spiritual realm is what i want to say although i also feel like you might be like first point of contact for aliens as well because there is a lot of contact lots of things you're seeing i'm particularly intrigued by the astral projecting cat no i didn't like that that freaked me out so much seeing it grinning at you yeah Uh, no (laughs) but only because it made me wonder you know like in really old paintings where they're like you know, like they're, the spectacular. Yeah, like, but they're they... spectacular until they get to draw an animal and then the animal just looks really bizarre. Like they've never seen an animal before. Yeah, maybe they've just been seeing projected, like their paintings of projections of animal spirits. So you're telling me that back in Renaissance periods, 
cats projected themselves to look hideous, yeah. to look monstrous, yeah, and bizarre, yeah, interesting. But that's what it reminds me of. That's what I pictured one of those animals when started smiling because I was just like, it's so like dogs. I, I I've seen dogs smile like they tend to do that by accident. It's just because they're jowly, I guess, and they're burying their teeth. Yeah, whereas you don't tend to see it from cats, do you? Because they've got a little tiny mouth. Well, our cat has got a very tiny mouth. But yes, yeah, very unusual. Is it Uncanny Valley? Is that the right thing? Yeah. Yeah. And then for it to run through a closed door as well, obviously. Also very Uncanny Valley. <laughs> I'm also intrigued by the lights though. Oh, I'm not. I don't need to know anything more about it. No, I thought you might say It was that. a drone. It was all a drone. <laughs> it was always a drone. Yeah, 2010, doesn't matter. It was all drones. That's it. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do if I was out smoking a cigarette and I saw lights in the sky. You wouldn't acknowledge it. You'd see it and then your brain would tell you, nope, I'm not dealing with this. And you just get back to whatever you were thinking about previously. I think I would. Yeah. I think I'd just be like, I'm ignoring any of this is happening. Yep. And then the beam would come down and it'd start projecting you up off the deck in and you'd be like, no, this isn't something. No, I'm, I'm, still, I'm no. still sitting on my deck and smoking yeah. a cigarette. I'm not being beamed up into a spaceship. <laughs> And if you enjoyed today's episode, you can find everything you need to know about us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. You can submit your own story to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.